Thought Bubble Audio. Can you believe we have made it to the end of this journey, Tucky? Marissa, we've we've done it. We did it, and we presumably, if you're if you're listening to this, we likely survived the apocalypse. Well, we at least this is probably going out tomorrow, so this just means we've made it through the day, <laughs> <laughs> which is not saying much. Guys, welcome back to the Loud Women Podcast. Uh, this is Marissa here with my friend Tookie, as always. Uh, we are so excited to close out this season with you guys. Uh, you know, we took a couple of weeks off with all of the, you know, wrapping up some travel and then hunkering down. And we're uh, we're both based in Boston, so we're we're holed up in our homes. And it's just so great to see your face uh, and see another human other than my husband. It is so good <laughs> to see you too. We oh my god, yes, we. Mm, this is this is real. This is this is human con. Okay, well, I won't go into too much detail, but like our listeners should know that we are safe. We are good. My my temperature read at 98.4 today. Perfect. Just below Just, normal, baby. I always read a little lower than cuz like I have a Your friend cold. I know. I well I have a friend who has a conspiracy theory that Queen Elizabeth II is a lizard person, but I genuinely do Solid. believe that I might run slightly reptilian, a little uh cold-blooded. Nice. I could see that. Yeah. Just because like my entire life, my dad and now my spouse, uh, I've lived with white men who don't turn up the thermostat. So I think my body Mm. has become a little exothermic where I have to adjust my temperature to adapt. You've adapted. Yes. To adapt to white men frost. (laughs) So we're so excited to be back and and recapping this final episode of Shrill. Um, I'm so delighted that we got eight whole episodes this season it felt like we really got to delve deeper into a lot of amazing characters amazing relationships Mm. um and i'm just i'm just grateful that we had the time in this space you know we really took our time with this we watched uh one episode per week as we were recording and so to see it all come to fruition i feel very excited and a lot of feelings so is giving us what we deserve with these eight episodes i know i know it was it was excellent it was what we wanted that's what we wanted. So uh, we we start out episode eight, the final episode of the season, uh, and we are at the at the paper uh, having a mandatory workshop around sexual harassment in the workplace because of Annie <sighs> and Ryan's romp in the supply room. Uh, we immediately start out with my favorite person on this show, maybe my second favorite person on the show, Maureen, mm-hmm. uh, who is saying we are all here because of sex. But uh, but we're all afraid of it, and we don't know how to do it. Is an orgasm real? And I just... next My hope for next season is even more of Maureen being a fucking weirdo in the background. Honestly, that Maureen quote took me back to Catholic Mass. Because, like, that's every <laughs> priest's sermon. Oh, God. <laughs> we are all here because of sex. <laughs> but we are afraid of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was... It, that felt... That felt uh, 
I, I just I just loved it. Um, I, I like that. It's pretty clear that no one is invested in this because everyone knows why we are here. Ruthie calls out Annie and it qu- quickly it becomes very obvious that everyone in the room knows that this is because of R- Annie and Ryan because they had sex in the office together, which immediately just sends the cringe factor to like a 10. I it's like it's not even maybe it's not even the sex itself it's the idea that the character of ryan fucks you know (laughs) i don't think anyone who is in the presence of ryan in this universe wants to think about him fucking i you know the fact that we've all seen it you know what i mean we've seen it firsthand the fact that he has a son he has a he has offspring like i glad you keep reminding us of this i just i know i i know i keep dwelling on it but i'm like when i picture a ryan no disrespect to the actor luca jones you all right. You cool. I like you. Keep doing your thing. But this character, Ryan, all disrespect to Ryan, because when I look at him and then I hear I, he has a son, I'm like, oh, my God, please tell me he reproduced asexually via spores. Because oh God. Who, who? Who? Annie? Who? Annie? People, are, he clearly people want to have sex with him and that is that is something that is hard to understand especially when he has these moments like he in this meeting loudly admits to the group uh that it was quote completely my idea Mm. she didn't even want to do that i forced her to do oh god and i just am screaming i'm like when even when ryan is trying to do the right thing he is so absolutely stupid and vacant of any intellect intellectual thoughts that he thinks that this is the best way to handle it in their workplace i guess i'm also just entirely put off by the idea of sex in general because i overheard some on the nerd cruise <laughs> oh that's unfortunate it, it it's nerd sex is just as terrible and oh. just awful sounding as you'd imagine because like it's a boat it's a boat. We have ship cabins and the walls are thinner than you would expect at sea. So he just re- returned from a nerd cruise for those of you who have not been following along on social media. Oh, God. I mean, it was, was a it good like, time. Was it like a role play scenario or was it just like normal sounding It sex? was. Okay. I mean, have fun. Do it safely. But homegirl next to the cabin. I mean, I, this was like 4 p.m. and I came to the cabin to like change out of whatever. And homegirl next door is getting i'm like what the you know little afternoon delight baby and i'm just but like what i was really mad at because like i said you can do you but nerd sex you know keep it keep the nerd sex under 15 decibels please and thank you uh what really upset me is dude because i had to leave within like three seconds of here (sighs) dude yelled out oh coitus and yeah. Is that a real piece of information? Yes. I don't have the kind of free time to... Le- <laughs> I don't have the kind of free time to make that up. <laughs> that does not... I cannot believe that. That is horrifying. It's a nerd. That is truly disturbing. I'm like, way to be on brand, but also I have to leave. I can't. That's too much. So so it's like a ki- It's like on that same level of just the idea of Ryan having sex. You know what I mean? It's really, it's really disturbing. And everyone clearly is just like, I don't want to have any part of that. So pretty quickly after he makes that admission, things devolve. uh, Everyone kind of leaves. 
Uh, and then we find out that Maureen and uh, Connor O'Malley, the other mm. character, the other guy from the, uh, the the other warehouse distro guy, bro, uh, distro bro, are having sex. And I need more information on that. I would, um, you know, it's like a train crash that you want to look away, but you can't. And I also don't want to look away. And I'm very curious, and I want to know what that dynamic is like. And yet, somehow, I'm so much less grossed out by the idea of those two. I think it's because they're equally fucking weird. Yeah. Whereas like Annie is a p- person who lives on this real planet and Ryan is, does not live on this planet. And like those don't match up, but these two, those guys match up. Yeah. Maureen, get your freak on. But like, you need to clearly get with someone who understands how sex works and can give a woman an orgasm because that's something that you don't believe in. So um, shout out to Maureen. I hope uh, season three brings you lots of or- orgasm and more screen um, time great- for Maureen great consensual coitus for maureen yes uh so annie and ryan go out in the hallway and have a conversation she immediately it's clear that she's still pissed off at him um and and he doesn't really understand why uh he has brought her an apology gift uh which is a pillow (sighs) that was stuffed in his backpack for when she for when she stays over wow like that was a nice little callback to i was that even in season one i think that was was season one yeah i think that was season one when she was like i need you to get a pillow so it took this dude a whole like three months to buy a 25 five dollar pillow on amazon like that is worse than a man not having a bed frame is way worse than like only having one pillow are you kidding me Mm. And then being really, he's so proud of himself. Like when he gives it to her, his eyes light up. Like, I have got this. This bitch is going to love my present. Like he's so pumped and it is just terrible to watch. We're not asking you to splurge on Goose Down, right? No. And definitely don't get a my pillow. Fuck that guy. But- no, no. We do not buy my pillow in this house. My pillow is banned. Uh, but yeah, get an Amazon, amazon.com. They will sell you one in two days. Prime shipping, baby. Just place an order. So she tells him she needs a day to think, to be mad, to process. Uh, and so they go their separate separate mm. ways, but she still takes the pillow. Even after pointing out to him like, hey man, we are currently going through something because we had sex at work and now I'm supposed to walk around work with your pillow but she did and that's i think that was a power grab of the pillow did you you read it differently huh yeah i mean you know that's a moment to take back the power like yeah goddamn right i deserve this pillow on the other side of your twin mattress (sighs) (laughs) anyway so then we we get back to fran and annie's house uh fran is chatting with her neighbor over the fence and i'm curious to hear what you think about this part I, I said she delightfully calls her out for her neighbor out for being a racist. Uh, when when they're having the conversation, she's like, "Why didn't you? Why didn't you complain about anyone else's parties?" Uh, and the woman goes, "Are you calling me a racist?" Which that's always a dead giveaway. Yep. When you say, "Are you calling me a racist?" I don't know why. Uh, and and Fran responds. Oh my God, are you racist? That's horrible. And that's my new favorite line that I'm going to use anytime somebody um, accuses me of calling them racist when they're acting racist. Uh, the fact that she sort of, you know, self-identity, she, she called herself out in the moment. People do that. And, and there's this old saying, uh, a hit dog will holler. <laughs> so the minute, you know, Fran didn't even outright say anything, just questioning some of her bias, some of her 
behavior? Like, why is she so quick to confront Fran about whatever Fran's doing and leave the rest of the neighbors alone? She didn't even outright call her that. But the fact that she went there again, a hit dog will holler. I love that a hit dog will holler. I'm I am I'm going to keep this close to my heart because I have a passion of um I watch The Bachelor. I'm not proud of it, but I watch it every week. We don't judge. One one of my passions is being in um podcast there are like podcast Facebook groups where people just like talk about The Bachelor on Facebook. And like 80% of those women are racist as fuck. And so um for those of you the sorry, this is my quick little sidebar of the day. Uh Mike Johnson should have been the bachelor. He should not he should have won the season. I spent all day yesterday fighting with women in the Facebook groups for being like, well, he would have been a terrible bachelor anyway because he did this one bad thing one time. And I was like, you anyway, not important. I'm going to now hold these. I'm now going to use this line on them when they're like, are you calling me racist? I'm like, oh my god, are you are you racist? That's terrible. Wait, he did so, this one bad thing one time when all the bachelors have done multiple exactly. bad that's, things. That's, I don't want to get too far. I realized I'm sidetracking like crazy, but yeah, they were like, well, remember that one time he caused drama with Cam? And I was like, bitch, it's the bachelor. Everyone's causing drama. Like, are you seriously holding it against him when Peter is out here being fuckboy supreme? You're really going to say that Mike was not going to be better because one time he got in a fight with a guy in the house. You are racist. I'm sorry. Like, that is what we're doing. He he did. Anyway. He started drama. Mm. He's with Facebook he moms. started it's drama. Great. He start. he did. He quote did that one bad thing. But every man who's ever been on The Bachelor is a goblin. But OK. Exactly. They are all goblins, except for Mike Johnson. He is a god among men. All that to say, great line from Fran. Learned a lesson. Gonna use that that tactic on racist moms over the over the fence. That's fantastic. Racist. Every. Oh my gosh. I just picture Wilson, except it's a Karen. <laughs> like literally, that's what this scene was. Like she was like pruning her hedges and like poked over and is like, "Hey guys, take a sip. Take a sip of your trouble. wine." If you remember Wilson from Home Improvement pour one out for wilson uh so did he die or did he do something really bad i can't remember i feel like it was one of the two no but he was dead to me in my heart for some reason i thought he did something i, I don't know why i think he's i gotta look it up later because now i'm like did he like sexually assault someone i don't think he pulled a kramer i don't know <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway i are in a very weird space today <laughs> this thing is gonna spiral i am sorry it's gonna be like three hours of us just talking about the bachelor and home improvement and they're gonna be like guys did you watch the episode i promise we did we did so uh so anyway then fran reminds us about fran fest a party to celebrate her being single and independent and loving herself gotta say the catering at fran fest definitely better than whatever ja rule was doing that is so true and we will get to that but there was a couple of details that i really enjoyed from this from the actual party so uh, so we're back at Annie's office. She runs out to talk to Amadi, uh, who reveals that he is loving being the boss. He's grown to like it and he is enjoying his job and feeling fulfilled. And that just like seeing him happy for some reason just made me really happy. I was like, oh yeah, like let him enjoy his, let him like feel good about his accomplishments. And, I like, really, this is great. yeah, I, I love Amadi's character arc throughout this season. Love more screen time for Amadi, more screen time for Maureen, of course, too. But, yes. like, I love to see a well-rounded black male character, black female character, too, of course. But, like, oh, my gosh, the people yes. of color on this show are not tropes. They're just, like, they, they have done a good job this season with representation yes. in, like, a really healthy way. Black people can aspire to middle management, too, and it's great. 
I love it. This is what this is what Malcolm X meant by by any means necessary. Middle management. Thank you, brother Malcolm. This is so good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It is it is so beautiful to see that. It's he clearly needs a little bit of validation that it's not like lame to be satisfied with his job and Annie is just like such a good friend to him and they just have this sweet little moment he's talking about how he used to be a big fuck up Annie's complaining about Ryan and he's like well I used to be a fuck up and things turned around when my wife got pregnant and I was sort of like mm. yeah but like I feel like Amadi being a fuck up is like way way better than Ryan being a fuck yeah. up like I don't think those two are equivalent no not no but they nonetheless they had a nice conversation Ruthie comes out. We find out that Sheila wants to meet Annie for lunch. Uh, and I just wanted to make a note. This is the last we see of Amadi during this episode. And what a good, like, last scene to wrap it up between the two of them from this season. Um, like, it's just the two of them have such a loving and fun and respectful friendship. Like, you don't see that often between two heterosexual adults of opposite genders who do not want to fuck each other. And they're just supportive mm. and loving and kind. And I think we've talked about this before. But I just I love the different pairings of friendships that we have through this show. Different types of um, just different, different types of relationships. And um, I just I stand their friendship and uh, I love to watch them interact with each other. Absolutely. We love the growth. We love the adultness yeah totally he's like a good support person for her and he i think she's surrounded by a lot of people who are like very crazy but he's very grounded and he's just such a good good presence for her i'm gonna i gotta did anybody do birth charts birth charts for the shrill characters i need to know if amadi has virgo energy Ooh, that's a good question i bet mm, yeah maybe maybe all right, let us know. Let us know if you've done a birth chart for Amadi. <laughs> Someone got to find out his birthday, uh, birth time. Uh, so we then go over to lunch and Sheila is sitting with Annie and she's picking her brain about Amadi and Gabe. Mm. And we're sort of trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, Annie's talking up Amadi and Sheila makes it very clear she is not happy with Gabe and his antics. Um, and it, it, we sort of get the sense that she's trying to boot him out of the company. Uh, as much as yeah, I, what were your I, must, as much as I've shit on Dollar Tree, Cruella Deville, I I do feel bad for him at this point because you know getting slowly or swiftly booted from a job sucks. Yeah, I feel I feel for him, and you can tell that he feels it coming because he shows up at the restaurant because he found out from Ruthie where they were going. Uh, he is there, and the the tension is very very thick. Immediately, they sort of the two start snipping at each other, Sheila and Gabe. Um, and then Annie pretty quickly gets a phone call from her mom and picks up and finds out there's some kind of an emergency and heads out of there. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the lunch? That was a quick scene, but I feel like a lot sort of was happening under the surface. It's apparent. It's been apparent since their first encounter that Sheila really just likes Annie. She just likes her right away. Yeah. Um, and she, like, I think I mentioned in the last episode, she sees past the body and is getting into Annie's mind and mm. what shapes her, what makes Annie tick and how she could possibly help her thrive as a journalist. 
Yeah, I thought it was really interesting the way she framed it. Like, oh, I want to pick your brain. You're my voice on the inside. Like, she clearly, I think she maybe sees herself in Annie. Like, there's clearly an attachment there. Um, And it's cool to see that kind of a mentorship anyway between, you know, a woman who's more senior in her career, really successful, taking this woman who's a little bit of, like, a clusterfuck under her wing and, like, trying to help her because she sees some talent. So so I think, real quick, like, I think um, this dynamic between... Uh, Sheila and Annie is also illustrative of where this season's arc was kind of going in terms of where season one was very much body focused and not to say that there wasn't um, dialogue around Annie's body or the body of a larger woman in general uh, within season two. But I think um, I think this season focused more on inside self, Mm. the mind rather than um, the 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 body you occupy and the space you do or do not take up with said body i love that i think that's a really good point that yeah we we focus so much on season one about annie becoming comfortable with herself becoming comfortable with her body and it was almost like throughout most of the season that was a given Mm -hmm. like it was it was okay we established that in season one but there were still moments of of that coming up and we we get into that a little bit more later in this episode that we can talk about at that point yeah um you're right. It wasn't the sole focus. It was much more about her becoming like coming into herself as like a professional woman and um, a woman who has standards for yes. her relationships and friendships and all that stuff. So um, it's true that this this was sort of a nice end to that that career piece of it. So Annie rushes to the hospital. I thought it was kind of funny that they, they did this bit about the hospital hospital being like a fucking maze. And Ugh. I was like, that is so true. And it's always, you're always distressed trying to find somebody and you just can't. Every hospital is a labyrinth designed by David Bowie. And every nurse in there is silently judging you until you actually go over and ask for directions on how to get the hell out of her wing because she's wow. busy saving lives. One of the nurses might be David Bowie. I don't know. <laughs> but either way, he or she is judging you. <laughs> it is a lot. I have, I have like very vivid memories of when my husband was hospitalized for a few, ta- few days being like nervous to leave his room because I was afraid I'd be able to find my way back. So I would take pictures of like signage near the room so I could be like, I need to find this space and it's tough and everyone is you're distressed you're running around you're just like i don't know where my mom is (laughs) uh but everything so once she gets to the hospital everything seems fine um this is like the best little detail is that uh we when we're we're trying to figure out what happened to her dad uh dad hasn't gone had a bowel movement in 12 days and he passed out while taking a shit because he quote gave it his all and slammed his head on the sink I find that a delightful little detail. <laughs> that is so, I just, I can only picture an older white guy doing that. I'm just sorry. like pushing so hard. It's like, I, I gotta just, get it out. I just, uh, are, are old white guys okay? <laughs> are y'all okay? I feel like there was a, a vacuum of knowledge around bowel movements with men of a certain age. Yes, it's You know true. what I mean? Like there it's needed true. to be some more education around that. But glad he's okay. I not like really okay, but he's okay enough. Yeah. <laughs> he's not in the sense of like is he okay? <laughs> but he's okay. He's okay. Uh we see Ryan's trying to call Annie, she ignores him. Uh and oh, he is I out love- chatting uh with his with his bro uh about Annie. 
Uh, they're, they're working and he's basically saying he knows he's always fucking shit up and he cares about her. Um, and he's sort of, it's, it's almost as parallel to the conversation with Amadi earlier where he's saying, I'm tired of being a fuck up. I want to get my shit together. I was like, okay, I guess, but you've kind of expressed that sentiment before a lot. Several times. What is, what is different here? But like, let's see how all this plays out. Oh, I got to say, though, when when Annie hit that reject call on the phone, I got goosebumps. Yes. In the best possible way. Actually, and I just realized, too, like, she didn't do that when her mom called her, but she did do that when Ryan called her. So we saw two options, two moments where she could have, like, F you buttoned, and she uh, she did not ignore her mother's call, but she did ignore Ryan's call. It's true. That was a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he sees Annie's cover on the paper. Um. So back at the hospital, Annie and her mom are finally having this conversation that they have really been needing to have for a long time um, about why she went to Vancouver. We find out she lived there as a young woman. Uh, Sounds like she fucked all the waiters uh, and then was engaged to one of them Uh, and had a moment where she woke up and she just realized, oh, my God, I am, quote, quote, I am fucking old. Uh, and she needed to care about herself for a minute. And I just thought this was such a sad moment because it's like, we need to give women more freedom to do that. And to just like, she was talking about how she was always taking care of her husband, taking care of her daughter. And she never got to like take care of herself. And I feel like that's such a common theme in different cultures. Just women are sort of always, always on call and you never get to like, just prioritize your own self. Absolutely. I think women within a certain age bracket uh, were socially conditioned to immediately self-sacrifice, especially once they had a child. Like the expectation is, oh, you have a uterus, you're required to have children. And then when they come out, you sacrifice everything for them and for your spouse, essentially. So women within a certain age bracket are just expected to put everything they care about personally to the wayside. Yeah. So I was glad. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. But I was going to say, like, Annie's mom, Vera, I think, um, sort of subtly illustrates a lot of that um, specific social conditioning that women endured uh, when she was coming of age. Mm. I think that's true. It was, and it was nice to see that she actually got to, like, take ownership of her choices for a minute and she got to go and have a moment and, and sort of go back to where she, she felt comfortable. So Annie then tells her mom about the abortion um, and they had, and, and she took it really well. And she, they had yeah. a really like loving conversation and I just couldn't help but think in this moment how it felt like they were able to connect and relate to each other more than we've seen them in the whole series. Like they are actually sharing a, a truthful moment together because they're not like keeping all these big things from each other. And it was just nice to get to see them have this like closure because they've had such a weird relationship for the series what we've seen. Yeah. Um, I, oh, as much as there, as many times have, as I have side-eyed Vera and couldn't stand her, I really, I really melted during this moment Aww. for her. I know my, my cold, icy heart. <laughs> it was, it was, it was well done and it was clear. Like it felt like they've been sort of dancing around this conversation they needed to have all, all season. And it was nice that they finally got to like tie a little bow on that one too. As we're going through this, I'm thinking like, I feel like they're tying a little bows on stuff 
mm-hmm. on the off chance that they don't get picked back up. They better. They better. I know. Let's not they even be- go there. Hulu, Hulu, quit playing. At Hulu. Hulu. I will at you. I will at you daily on Twitter. That's a great idea. <laughs> Renew shrill. <laughs> Thank so, you. So uh so we are back at Fran's party. It has begun. Um speaking of the catering, yeah, great selection of pizzas. Emily put alcohol in the ice cream. I don't know Casual. how you do that, but I'm thrilled about it. Um shout out to all of our LGBTQ plus listeners. Uh and I have a couple of friends who I might I feel like that's some sort of okay. Nobody get mad at me. I'm allowed one problematic. Well, okay. This is like 1.5 problematic things. It's the season finale. Right. I'm it's, allowed to get a You're allowed one and a half problematic things. Today. I, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to, in my comedy career, have met so many people from so many intersections and of existence and backgrounds. And, um, and I, I have a lot of friends who are lesbians, who I love dearly. And I think after this episode, I I might send a couple DMs to inquire what precise kind of lesbian sorcery uh, it takes to infuse ice cream with alcohol. <laughs> uh, Kendra, what up? About to at you. <laughs> I'm just sitting back here like, oh, God, where is this going? Where is this I just, going? Because it, it, it feels... No, that's fair. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll keep it in. <laughs> a very A very dear friend of mine who is a lesbian um, knows things. So I need to ask her. Maybe she'll share the, share the good news with us. So no, 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 no. I mean, okay. uh, To be fair. Okay. Maybe just us. Cause we straights can't have much. We ruin a lot. We We ruin a lot. That's fair. As a white straight, I can say that we, (laughs) my kind particularly, we ruin a lot, (laughs) but I feel like she can trust us. Just the two of us. Sorry, listeners. Sorry. But like, this is just for me and Techie. It's a tough time. I know. Shout out to Kendra. Shout out to about alcohol to DM and ice you. cream. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I just, Emily put alcohol in the ice cream. What a gem. Like, she's just so sincere <laughs> about it. She's like, I put alcohol in the ice cream. It's like, I love you. Come to my, all of my parties. Um, Emily is actually one of the people from this season I think I would want to be friends with the most. Mm. Like, Maureen, I'm like, you're fucking crazy. I love you. Ruthie, you scared the shit out of me. But Emily, like, I would hang and have some beers with Emily. For sure. Down with Emily. For sure. So they're out in the backyard. Beautiful party, by the way. They got these twinkle lights. They've got like soft <gasps> seating. People are laying on the ground, like so cozy. And uh, she gave this just beautiful speech about, you know, how she's come so far with herself. Uh, and it was sort of this reflection on all this self-growth she's been through this season and you know we've commented on it as we've gone along but she's really just come into herself felt comfortable on her own like really basking in her herself her friendness her friendness uh and she wraps up by saying let's get fucking wasted and blow up some fucking fireworks and i just want to be invited to this party i want to go to there i mean i think I think because I was once offered cocaine, yes, we're bringing it up again, <laughs> that You're I'm so cool proud. enough to go and you'll be my plus one. We can get to this party. Thank you. Oh my God. We're going to just walk around this party and be like, yeah, we were, um, she was offered cocaine once. So I'm her friend. <laughs> so it's fine. I have a friend that was offered cocaine once. Uh, so we would like to go to this party. 
Um, so Ryan sort of creeps into the party, like from Let the corner of the in. fence. Like he's like walking in from the outside. Like he did not go in the house. He's just sort of like poking through the fence. Like, hey guys. Uh, he was not on the list. There's a list. That party had a list and he was not on it. That party had a bouncer. I'm sure like that was a, that it was an invite only. Uh, Fran is clearly pissed. They're sort of standing in the corner chatting. He shows Annie the paper that has her cover, which is cool. Like, yay. And yeah. then we get to see this like full circle moment of Annie being really successful professionally. Yay. Um, so he tries to talk to her and she's basically like, no, dude, I told you I didn't want to talk today. I told you I needed a day. I want to be with my friends. She's trying to enforce this boundary. Uh, and she, he pushes past it and she's like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to. And then he continues to push her boundaries. And this is where I was like, okay, yep. Definitely. Ryan is not actually changing. Nope. He, th- there is. I was like, maybe there's like a glimmer. No, nothing. So they go off around the corner to talk. Uh, while this is happening, guys, this might be my favorite part of the episode. Emily, who has just been like cool in the background all season, like flying under the radar, cracking funny jokes, pumping Fran's tires, just being like a good wait, supportive wait, wait, friend. Wait, pumping her tires? Not like, well, now she's pumping her tires. Hey. Are you right? uh, uh, but you know what I mean? She's just always kind of like lifting her up and being a good friend. Uh, and, and having this really, like, under-the-radar, really awesome chemistry with Fran. Just in, like, a really fun, friendly, flirty way. But very under-the-radar. She confesses her feelings, that she she has feelings for Fran. And I thought that this was such a gorgeous contrast to what was happening with Ryan and Annie on the other side yes. of that fence. Because they have this, like, chemistry and understanding of each other. Emily like took all this time and got to know Fran really, really well over time. And so she really knows her and like knows who she is. Uh, And she's being really candid and direct with her feelings and being like really mature and being like, I know this might not be the best time. I know, you know, X, Y, and Z. So like, I'm not putting pressure on you. Like she just, Emily handled it like an absolute champ and was being an at like a total adult. And then you've got, you know, Ding- dingleberry on the other side of the fence being like a fucking idiot but i just i was like oh yes a beautiful healthy relationship forming yes i love it someone with real feelings a real human being with real feelings expressing those beautiful feelings to another human being with feelings who experienced personal growth Ooh, look at this it's like when we take the time to work on ourselves right? we then are available emotionally for a great relationship what a and great lesson and it wasn't based on swiping. <gasps> it wasn't based on swiping. It wasn't based on just like wanting to fuck each other. It wasn't based on settling. It was just like, oh, I genuinely like being around you. I'm going to just be around you even if it means we're not dating or we're not romantic. I just want to be in your presence. And so mm. I kind of now want to like go back and rewatch all of her scenes throughout the season and be like, they were totally setting us up for this. They had all these little flirty moments, but they weren't like overtly flirty because she was right. being respectful of Fran's process. Well, because the Franergy also was very <laughs> chill. That's what we're going to, we're going to coin it now. Fran's Franness. It's the Franergy where it's that. just, she's just very naturally flirty, but it was never really like that somehow it's more subdued right yeah it's like she can she can let that flirt energy guard down a little bit that's a really good point because yeah she was never giving that energy to emily like i was like Mm -hmm. i'm trying to fuck you she was only giving emily energy of like 
I like to be around you. And so even though we've said this whole season, we're like, Fran can flirt with a pencil without even trying. Like with the guy at the beginning, the guy yeah. from the wedding episode, when they went to the, the convenience store, we're like, oh my God, she just can't even stop. But because she's just comfortable with Emily, that's just not, we're not seeing that side of her right now. That's a really good point. Yeah. I also just, there was so cute when she was, they were like halfway through the conversation and Fran wasn't really responding. And she just is like, did I fuck it up? Oh, I fucked it up. In like the <laughs> cutest so cute. way. And I was like, oh my God, she like thinks she's getting rejected, but she's still handling it so well and is like laughing and like being lighthearted about it. And I just, oh, I love it. I love like yes. a healthy relationship. Anyway, felt really and good. Healthy about that. adult behavior and interaction. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. So uh, then we go back outside to where, uh, Annie and Ryan have uh, been discussing with each other their situation. Um, and she's trying to explain to him why she's mad. So it's like, it's not that we're, it's, it's not that they fucked in the office. It's that he told somebody and Ryan's response is, I didn't know I couldn't tell anybody. And in that moment, I'm like, girl, you are not going to fix him. This is not, you can't fix him. And so I'm so glad they had this conversation. He says he's been getting better she nah. says, I, I shouldn't have to tell you that our sex life is private. And he does this whole, just tell me what you want and I'll do it thing, which like, I feel like was very reminiscent of fights I had with boyfriends when I was like 19 years old. Right. Like, just tell me what you want. It's like, no, you just genuinely are like too stupid to be in an adult relationship. Like I can't teach you how to be a partner. And that's the thing she's starting to finally realize is she cannot teach him to be a partner. No, absolutely. Some... <laughs> Sometimes you just got to let him go. Exactly. And I think we're finally getting there. We see Emily and Fran are making out against the fence. And I'm so excited. I love them together. Uh, and, and even then she goes really, it's just a quick moment. She just goes, should we stop? Am I ruining Fran fest? Like she's being <laughs> so like, she's being silly about it, but she's also being like, this is your moment. I'm not trying to like, you know, romance. Yeah. Um, and then there, Annie and Ryan are back outside. He brings up the back fence, the Annie climbing over the back fence scenario from season one, where they got in a fight because he was showing her out the back fence. And he thought that was a good example of how they like worked through an argument together. And uh -uh. in that, it's no, it's just, it's done. And um, Annie articulates the, the sort of the crux of the whole relationship with Ryan, I think, where it's easier to stay with Ryan than face the rejection of other men that will reject her because of her body. And I think that is such a, whew, I think that hits close to home. And like you said, we didn't talk a lot about the body stuff this season. That wasn't a huge focus, but that revealed that like, that's the undercurrent of the whole thing is yes. that she just does. She feels like this is the best, safest option for safest, her. Yeah. And that's so fucking sad because even if it's this woman that we now view as like really empowered and is like really comfortable with her body, but she's still making all these decisions based out of fear because at the end of the day, she knows society isn't comfortable with her body. And like men oftentimes aren't comfortable with her body. And that's just like so painfully sad. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh, I know I was admiring how this season, um, was focusing on the internal while still sort of still peripherally acknowledging the, 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 the body image situation and everything. Um, but yeah, this, this really nailed it. 
especially for a lot of women who've been in that position, uh, I, I can say myself, I was mm-hmm. not asked to prom. And I know a huge reason for that was because I was like the heaviest girl in my class. Right. So, and, and of course that you, you carry that throughout life, um, depending on what your circumstances are, they're going to be people, oh, well, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you don't look the same as you did, but well, cause I got sick, but again, we love nurses. Have I, <laughs> have I stressed that enough? We do love nurses. Your, your nurses are good people, but like I have been, <laughs> I have been misdirected by several RNs <laughs> in hospital wings, but like dating, dating in college and a little bit after was so difficult just because it's like, you know, is this guy actually into me? Or, or is this guy is this guy gonna even talk or even bother to talk to me because I look like I can give him something or I look like I'm easy or because he's actually attracted right so there's so many questions or it's like is this guy even not even paying attention to like d- deliberately avoiding eye contact with me because I am you know so much bigger than what he usually goes for and not that we have to orient everything around the male gaze but it's something that women are cishet women specifically are conditioned to do we're conditioned to value ourselves based or based on the male gaze and i think that's what this 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 show this last line here really sums up nicely is that like even though we haven't been talking about this all season it's still been present in all of her decisions and i think you know what you're saying is really relatable and i think it all we've all experienced it in different ways like i think about the time where i was like on tinder and okay cupid back in the day and um would I remember having this struggle of what pictures to put on your profile mm. because on one side I was like, okay, well I want it to be realistic, but I also don't want them to think like, Oh, like everyone to be like, Oh, she's too fat and swipe, swipe right by. But I also didn't want to like show up at a bar and then be like, Oh, she's way fatter than her pictures. So it's just, it's, it's like those little things that like absolutely like fuck up your brain. And then, Oh, even though like, I'm in a much better place. I'm so much happier. I've been doing so much body positivity stuff over the last couple of years. I'm in a very happy marriage. Like you still kind of, there's a little bit of that. That's always like, yeah, but are you looking at me different? Cause I'm fat. Like, what do you think? Yes. So it I, stays ugh. with you. I hate the fact that I'm the fluffiest woman in my yoga classes. Mm. Like it, it, and I'm like, no, I don't want to be like the rest of you with the cute Lululemon matching bra top and leggings. Cause fuck all y'all. No, it's true. It's it's so we we carry this stuff, and I thought that this was a perfect example of how they've they've continued to like handle this subject really well. Absolutely. And so we're coming to the end of it, and and right this, this takes a, a a sharp left turn after that sort of sad revelation. But it's almost like she realizes what she's doing and she's like, all right, fuck that. I'm not doing that anymore. So she realizes I'm settling because I'm comfortable with you, but I'm over it. And he asks, like, are you breaking up with me? And when she goes, actually, yes, I am. I'm just like screaming, throwing confetti. Mm. And he's like, well, are you just going to go date other guys? She goes, yeah. I am. Uh, And the fireworks light up behind her. And it's just the most poetic, like beautiful moment of like, we're finally, she is like free. Like this is a huge step forward for her and we're all thrilled. 
And I feel such a mix of emotions in this moment because finally she's she shed these shackles, these Ryan shaped shackles. Yeah. These Ryan built ass. Sh- I'm sorry. I let me not. Anyway, <laughs> she 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 is unfettered. Finally, mm-hmm. she is free. She's liberated herself. She's free. But it's so it's so you know the world out there, especially the dating world, is danger. It's such a risky. This is like the one of the biggest leaps. This whole season has just been about big leaps, and That's this a good is a point. this is a big leap. It's such a it's such a journey from where we ended season one. You mm-hmm. know, I think this is such a good place where like season one had that amazing ending with the the yoga teacher and she just right or was that season one the pilot ending? When did she, yeah no that was a pilot never mind I'm trying pilot, to remember yeah, how did yeah, we yeah, end yeah. season one? Either way, we have come so far. It is incredible how like much how much growth we got out of all these characters this season. Um, it's just been uh it was a great season too it was fantastic it was everything we could have hoped it was funny as fuck like yes. we talked about serious stuff but it was also such a funny show and i don't think it gets enough credit for being really funny because everyone's talks about all the serious stuff that comes out of it but like the dialogue is hilarious like it's just so funny and um and it's been great breaking it down with you it's been it's been such a pleasure. I love how well written and well produced this show is. Hulu, goddamn it, you better give us season three. I swear to God, Please I will. Fi- I will. I'm gonna start adding Hulu on Twitter. Okay, do it. I'm, and then I'm, I might have to roll up in someone's office, a la Annie with Kevin. Nice, I love it. Was that his name, Kevin the Troll? Oh, oh, uh... what was his name? Beck Bennett? I don't know. Beck Bennett. Beck yeah. Bennett. It's, it's, it's gone. But we, we might have to roll up in the Hulu offices. They we need will. to give us what we deserve. We deserve a season three. Banging on windows. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. It has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, stay subscribed to this feed if you're not already. We'll probably be putting out a couple. we got some, some thoughts on some supplemental content. We've got bonus content uh, happening. To, so we will, that more to come on that soon. Uh, and in the meantime, stay in touch with us on Twitter at Tookie Monster. And hi, this is Marissa. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at LoudWomenPod and we'll post all of our updates there. But thank you guys for joining on this journey with us. Um, we love nurses. So great. We love nurses. <laughs> we do. We love all of you. And, um, and thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. All, guys. all respect to our fans and listeners. You're the best. Bye, guys. Bye.